If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Even if there's people who are better at it than you, like really the mark of success is just to keep going. It's not about like how amazingly you're doing it, but it's just that you continue to try. Keep going. Yeah. Keep trying. Gotta keep going. Hello, my name is June. And I'm Daph. And you're listening to our podcast, List Me Tender, where we delve into bucket list things to do before you turn 30. So this was meant to be a mystery week topic. (laughs) And we've decided we'll be talking about starting a business. And we also have a very special guest. But before we get into that, I'm going to quickly read out the blurb. Please do. A lot of people commit to a corporate career as soon as they start working, but may later realize they would rather be running their own projects. Give it a go. Try it while the opportunity is still there and find out if that's a life you want for yourself. Ooh, very, very dramatic. And I could not think of a better human being to speak to. She is both delightful and also the most YouTube famous celebrity person (laughs) in our contacts list (laughs) with a total of more than 1.2 million subscribers. It's Wendy! <laughs> Wendy from With Wendy. Welcome! Thank Hi, Wendy. You. Thank okay, you. Okay, so this much. is actually pretty awesome. I don't think I know anyone with like one over a million subscribers. <laughs> yes. Did you get like one of those YouTube awards that did I they do. send you one? Can I we do. See it? Oh, shoot. Oh. I'm all tethered to my laptop. Otherwise, I'd come get it for you. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> How big is it? Is it really heavy? It's really scary. I'm scared to drop it. And do you get one when you pass a million or is it like once every hundred subscribers? Uh, once every hundred would be insane for YouTube. <laughs> I would like start to be concerned that they were generating waste because that would be so oh, okay. so many. But um, you get one for hundred thousand and then you get one for a million. And then, and then I think after that, it's like 5 million and then 10 million. What? And there's a That's certain a point jump. after 10 million, I think, where like, there's no standard award. They just make you a custom award. That is amazing. Wendy, why don't you give us an introduction about yourself? Yes. Okay. What have I been doing to now have over a million subscribers? What has earned you these 1.2 million people across the world listening to you? All right. I'm curious what people are like guessing in their minds, but um, wonder no more. (laughs) I do DIY and sewing and I basically teach people how to make their own clothes, but it's also a bit of like a sewing adventure because Mm -hmm. I am also learning along the way. And for a long time, I felt like that was a weak point. Like, how come... I can teach people how to make clothes if I'm also learning at the same time. But then I realized Mm. that's actually why people enjoy watching me because 
then it's like, oh, this is a normal person who has not gone to fashion school and is not professionally trained, and they're able to accomplish and tackle these projects. So Right, so they're learning with you. We get through it together. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. That's like your unique selling proposition. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's always the grass is greener, right? Like you look at someone who's more skillful than you, and you're like, oh, crap. I can't do what they're doing. Well, I just wanted to say that I was personally so, so excited for you to be on because not only do you just have a lovely voice (laughs) to listen to yeah when James and I we were like fresh in Canada this is like four and a half years ago and we like walked into church in this like very frozen February and you were the first person we met and you were just like such a lovely human being and just so friendly and welcoming and I just remember thinking wow Canadians are so lovely (laughs) obviously not everyone's like you but yeah you're just like a very welcoming presence to be like greeted with oh thanks June I'm excited too I would love to hear how you got started did you start off when YouTube first came out thinking this is gonna be me like I want to be on YouTube creating content and sewing or what's the story? Maybe. Actually, weirdly, part of what you said is true. At first I was like, nah, there's no way. But as I reflected on it, I was like, actually, yeah, (laughs) I I am guilty of (laughs) that whole train of thought almost. When YouTube first came out, I definitely loved watching it. And Mm -hmm. only now looking back, do I realize how there was elements in there where like people see it now too like it was the first time kind of like there was a democratization of media and in that sense I got to see so many Asian Americans and I didn't even clue in at the time that that was what made it so special and fun for me I was just like oh cool I get to watch some other Chinese people mm. mostly in California yeah. living their sunny Californian like shout out to Kev Jumbo <laughs> <No. bad. laughs> yeah and Ryan Higa yeah. and like I just enjoyed it so much. And then I was also that person in the friend group who would like make a fun video of us after we went on a trip or like if we went to a retreat or had any kind of birthday or whatever, I'd like take the pictures and I'd make the video. Mm -hmm. So then eventually I just thought like, I know how to do this stuff and I want to like make fun. I want to have fun making videos on the internet just like these people. And really the most missing piece was the topic so I was like I've decided I would like to make videos on the internet but I have no idea what they would be about (laughs) and then that summer I was super broke because um I had just bought like a new laptop and a new camera to take photos then I had the tools and the lack of money and so then I was like okay I can't buy any clothes but I could just film myself making clothes and see how that goes and then that kind of stuck like people thought the videos were nice I would get super positive feedback in the comments and so because they were giving me feedback I was just like okay I'll keep making videos and I literally sometimes feel like I just snowballed myself into my current situation that is amazing I have so many questions already okay (laughs) go ahead questions How long ago was your first video that you uploaded? 
10 years and it doesn't even exist anymore because it's so ugly. Um, I was was just like, I can't even let this video see the light of day anymore. I clicked delete. No, okay. Wait, so you actually deleted it? I did, but not only that, it's like the outcome was ugly and I taught wrong things. And back then, YouTube was very like how to focus, just like how on Google you look up like how to fix a broken faucet and that kind of thing. I'm curious, was sewing something that was always in your life or did you recently pick it up and you just wanted to give it a go? What's the story there? It was super dormant. Yeah, like my mom taught me how to sew because she made all of my clothes. She made some of my brother's clothes. That's such a good way to save money back then Mm -hmm. before fast fashion. (laughs) And also I never really applied that knowledge towards making my own clothes. I would just make stuff once in a while but it was very I would call it very dormant and then it was only because I was like I have to teach something everyone is teaching things on YouTube do I have any skills that are worth teaching and I was like (laughs) I can sew and it definitely like because of fast fashion and sewing has become a very lost skill between I would say our parents generation and ours since it's kind of like why sew when you can save so much money yeah, yeah, yeah yeah time yeah time especially oh my gosh So I'm curious, right now, are you fully financially afloat from your YouTube and your creative businesses? Yes. Although I don't literally like stare at the numbers every day. There might have been a point where I did that on a monthly basis, but I I think yes. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure. That's amazing. Yeah. So was YouTube kind of, you went straight into it or did you like work full time before and then was like, I don't want to be part of this rat race. And (laughs) yeah, tell us about the journey. Just so you know, I'm definitely still in the rat race because I've been self-employed for six years. I'm, I'm very much like, there's no such thing as easy money. Like that's totally my attitude. So after I graduated, I did work for two years and it was at a marketing firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that company was super fun. Everyone there was nice, got along with everybody. Yeah. Like I just literally was living that like millennial who gets a fun job and is just like, woohoo. Yeah. So I didn't quit because I didn't like the job is what I'm trying to say. The job was kind of chill and that gave me opportunities whenever I went home to just be like, okay, now I'm going to work on my YouTube channel and on the weekends I'll work on my channel. Mm. And so I think if I had gone into a more demanding job, it's possible the YouTube channel might have just kind of like fizzled out because I wouldn't even have time to nurture it. It was really in the last of those two years, I started to get this sensation, like in my head, I would imagine it to be like as if there were two treadmills at different speeds and I was like one foot on one treadmill and one foot on the other. I'm like awkwardly between them and I'm trying to do this like lopsided run, like hoo 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 And then that's when I thought like, maybe I should see if I could just focus on the YouTube channel for a year. That was kind of like the, framework that I thought about it and I was like what would happen if I could just go do a year when you were thinking about that year of just doing YouTube what was your audience at that point like was it enough that you were kind of getting some sort of revenue that you had enough confidence to kind of take that giant leap yeah yeah so back then I was just making ad revenue that could cover my rent and my rent and living expenses were kind of equal at that time Mm -hmm. and so my thought process was like, oh, if I can maybe ask my parents if they'll help cover my rent for a year and and then I'll pay them back, then Mm -hmm. that would mean that I'm making enough money to do 
this for a year like comfortably without feeling like I you know like incurred too much Mm. I don't know debt or stress yeah like I was like I know it sounds risky but like it's technically the least risky time in my life to do this because I don't have children that I have to feed or a mortgage that I have to pay off Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like I know everyone's dealing with their own kind of like financial stresses but it does kind of feel like as you get older in life, more and more responsibility comes onto your shoulders. And so yeah. I did feel a bit like I should try now so that later yeah. my stress won't be just like, I don't know, if I do it now, my stress will be just on me. It won't be on as many other people around me. It's nice that you had this plan and you have a bit of a yeah. safety net as well to yeah. really let you then focus and not feel guilty or stress. I'm still stuck on the decision. I just feel like it's such an incredibly courageous thing that you did. You mentioned that you didn't hate your job. In fact, you rather enjoyed your job. What What were some of the factors that went into you just making that call and saying, right, like this is the thing that I want to be doing for the next 12 months? There were a few things. One was that whole idea, like, you know how with um, entry-level job applications, the most cruel ones are like one to two years experience. And you're like, where? Where am I getting one to two years experience? Because of that sentence, I thought to myself, okay, I have two years of work experience. So if I really had to come back and start at entry level, I've got it, the one to two years work experience. Um, The other thing was, Oh, there was a sense of urgency. That year that I quit, there was like a live concert with a couple of Toronto YouTubers that packed Young and Dundas Square, which is our kind of like Times Square equivalent of New York. And then there was an announcement that YouTube was opening up a space just for creators in Toronto, which was like, oh, whoa, like YouTube knows we exist and they want to invest in us. Mm. Uh, And then there was a third thing too, I think maybe like a film festival or something like that, but it was only for YouTube. And so all of those things were happening in Toronto. And Mm -hmm. that gave me a bit of that push because I honestly felt like I was witnessing like the ship taking off. And it was just like, if you don't jump into the water and start like paddling desperately now, you may never catch up and you may never know what your YouTube world could look like if you just keep waiting. So it just kind of felt like if I don't try now, it'll be crappier to try later is kind of wow. the feeling. How old were you when all this transpired? Um, I quit when I was 25. That is so mature thinking <laughs> on your part. So I feel like at age 25, all I was like, whoa, pretty work, <laughs> drink, spend all your money. Like, yeah, none buy of clothes. that side hustle. Not make this. Yeah, buy clothes that I never wear. Okay, I've um, also bought clothes so in yeah, just No, but, um, okay, and that's fair too. Like, for example, there's a lot of things I haven't done. Like, I never went on exchange. I never, like, moved to another place and, like, mm-hmm. you know, lived in a, a foreign city. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. honestly, like almost even to a sad or unhealthy degree, I really did for a while embrace that toxic uh, mentality of like, you have to work to deserve it. And like, you have to be willing to like cut off your friends and like, not, you know, like not talk to your family and like be all in with your business. And there was um, one, there was one uh, wedding, I think like, just over two years after I had quit, where I I don't know exactly what happened at the wedding, but being around my friends, but feeling that I wasn't as close to them as I had been in the past, like really hit me. And then thankfully wow. that was the 
time where I was like, okay, in this, thankfully that wedding was like literally around Christmas. So then I was like, in the new year, I will reprioritize like friendship and like healthy relationships with the people around me instead of continuing to buy into this like being an entrepreneur means like you give up sleep you give up friends you give up social life like all that stuff yeah I would actually love to hear more about you mentioned financial stress a few times now Mm. can you tell us more about what that looked like for you and how you handled it I think in retrospect it's easy for me to say it was very in my head because I was never under like extreme stress, but it was occupying my head a lot. (laughs) I remember one time we went to go get pho and then one of my friends casually was like, oh my gosh, like, can we split an appetizer? And I like literally felt my stress level rise on the inside. (laughs) Cause I was like, no man, like in my head, I was like, I came here for $10 pho. I cannot split an appetizer. So strong. Oh man, that takes me back to student life. Yeah. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think it was the stress really... Financial is maybe just like an excuse or kind of like a guise for me to stress about like whether or not I would really succeed. And, And to me, like, because my definition of that one year had been about like I should try to achieve financial stability by the end of it I think that finance part really became the defining point of like can I succeed Mm -hmm. wow what a hustle it's painful but I think that's the big part about starting your own business that I think people on the outside don't realize is how much discipline it's harder it's so much harder than being an employee yeah it's it's hard in a different way it's one thing especially what you said about how like people don't know on top of that it's like almost my job to present that I'm doing great especially back then that like boss babe thing was just like girl boss girl boss the fervor was like peak levels I also don't think people realize how (laughs) much it would be like unsavory for me to sound like I was complaining or ungrateful because I know too that like it's because of certain privileges like having parents who can support me and like those are insane privileges that like not everyone gets to have and so you you one don't get really feel like you should complain or even project that this is challenging and then also on top of that like the girl boss stuff was in the air and so yeah that definitely contributes to the stress because it's kind of like you really feel I think like one of the strongest negative feelings I felt throughout this whole process would be loneliness like this feeling of Mm. that like no one else really can like do it for you like you really just have to do it yourself a lot of the reason why people don't want to start their side business or something like that is because um they're really worried about Like, if you're a person who's used to everything going well in life, that's definitely a stressor. And that's one I relate to a lot. Like, you don't want this to be the first time you fail because you're you're so unfamiliar with the feeling of failure. Mm -hmm. For me, like, um, the way I 
overcome that fear is just believing that even when I do stuff, even when it fails, there will be really valuable learnings and that I will learn so much faster through failure. Meet and greets where like literally almost not a soul showed up. And in your head, you're like, oh, what will we do if there's a lineup? And then on the day of, you're like, yeah, I was chill. I just talked to like four people for (laughs) a long time. There's all sorts of crappy stuff that's happened, but then I've seen how it's refined me. And so every time I just try to like assess and measure the risk and be like, am I willing to take this risk for the benefit of learning from it? And then that helps me to be a bit more like, okay, we can do this. But that's the only way, right? It's like the only way is up. (laughs) Because YouTube is kind of like part entertainment business, I'll look at people who are like actors or filmmakers. And to me, I'm like, they've gone through a ton of failure and really it's the ones who just like keep going at it that like Mm -hmm. kind of develop a bit of like a legacy and a a streak but I don't like failure I like I get scared for every failed project do you do another big thing straight away or do you kind of coast to gain back the confidence (laughs) how does that look no I definitely um become like a little turtle and I'm like oh (laughs) I retract my head (laughs) into my body and I'm like okay let's do things that are kind to myself for Mm -hmm. a little bit so that I can like regain my confidence I think that's important even if there's people who are better that at it than you like really the mark of success is just to keep going it's not about like how amazingly you're doing it but it's just that you continue to try keep going yeah keep trying gotta keep going actually i'm super curious if you guys went through similar types of like i don't know financial stress and like what will my friends think what happens if we fail funnily enough today we got an email from our podcast network (laughs) and the most hilarious thing is that the first load was like quite a bit and I think he said I just want to wait until it hits like a certain threshold for me to transfer the money oh yes I literally (laughs) have this exact story as well in my life but the thing is the last four months it still hasn't hit that threshold so every every two months he sends us an email being like uh this month you made this many dollars single digits um can I wait till the next time and we always have to write this like gracious email being like oh my goodness don't even apologize of course it can wait (laughs) on a serious note I guess for me this podcast especially because I'm not one of those people where I'm good at following through completely with a thing I really love what you said about just keep doing it and then you will keep doing it it's like very pragmatic advice but partly I think because I have DAF to keep me accountable for this podcast go DAF that's the main reason why it's still happening (laughs) because there's another human on the other end being like hey let's let's get this going it's true that's something I value a lot sharing June's sentiment I think having someone else there like we're both in Mm. it together so I don't want to like let the other person down as well Mm. and I think like that really really kind of helps in terms of finding the momentum, finding the inspiration and like having, not feeling you're so isolated. I think that comment you made about feeling lonely, kind of big part of it. Yeah. 
as well. Yeah, and that's why there's so many YouTube channels where it's a duo. It's like they share it together, and so then they share the energy, which is nice too. I was gonna ask, do you have like a coach or something? <laughs> I wish. I feel like Wendy would make a great coach. Actually, yeah, I am kind of curious. I was always so resentful whenever I would go to business things and they'd be like, the number one thing is to find a mentor. And I'd be like, where? Like, <laughs> I was constantly looking for people who I thought could be a mentor. But I, I do think people are truly like so busy these days. I found it to be like a very hard thing to find in life. But I spend a ton of time thinking because my YouTube business, like I would say left like a pretty negative impact on my mental health, maybe... Uh, a year or two ago that it actually forced me to think about it even more deliberately and it was thankfully due to my partner being like if YouTube is making you this sad like you shouldn't continue and I really should like take steps to think about this critically about like what do I want or like why am I doing it or like how can I do this in a more healthy way or else like yeah he's right like I shouldn't continue in this kind of like frustrated sad state I think especially, I'm not sure about guys, but I feel like girls are especially hard on ourselves. Yeah. We think it's the worst thing ever and everyone's like, no, that was fine. Well, that was really great. And you're like, no, yeah. I can pick out every oh, single no. thing that are was bad with brain? it. Are you my brain? Yeah. I feel like girls have to do the most sometimes. So insane. Okay. And I also want to add like Asian women as well. I've been reading this book called Minor Feelings and uh-huh. there's this line in it. It's by Kathy Hong Park mm-hmm. and she wrote... Asians take up space apologetically and that sentence just hit me like a ton of bricks because there's Mm -hmm. so many times in my life where I feel like I'm being an imposition by like vocalizing my opinion or like putting myself out there for sure Um, and so there's a lot of that that you're fighting against yes oh yeah I definitely what you just said has been something on my mind a lot too like I apologize if I'm like being too loud in public. But you should stop apologizing. I know, it's so tricky. These kind of like deeper things that have been ingrained in us and also ingrained in others to expect of us is very interesting. Well, even though that was not the most positive of notes (laughs) to kind of wrap up this conversation. (laughs) Fight the uh, invisible forces! (laughs) Fight the man! No, it is positive. It's acknowledging, (laughs) you know, that this is happening. The fact that we are, like, thinking about it and discussing it and trying to change, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a time, but... Yeah, at least we're like taking the first steps towards it. Well, thank you so much for just your raw and honest Honest. conversation. And like recounting of your journey of owning your own business. It doesn't sound like it's at all been easy, but it sounds like with every challenge, you've kind of smashed Mm -hmm. it. So inspiring. Um, Not smashed it, but I'm I'm still standing. So, Well, (laughs) 1.2 million subscribers would beg to differ. (laughs) Actually, question, do you think starting your own business or at least earning your own revenue that you created is something that people should do before they turn 30. I'm biased, but I would say yes, because it's very gratifying to see the fruit Mm -hmm. of your labor. I think a lot of us have forgotten that like lemonade stand feeling. Oh, the other thing I think is really good is if you feel like you don't know yourself very well, running your own business is such a way to discover all of your weird quirks and things that you like might love or might hate about yourself. Like when it Mm -hmm. all comes down to you, you just like the procrastination, timeliness on getting projects done, like so many of your habits will come to light. And I think it's a very refining process to just show yourself like, oh, it really, when it really does come down to me, I don't 
I don't do certain things the right way or I don't do certain things the fast way. That's, I think, the most rewarding thing I've gotten out of it. It's gratifying for sure to make my own income and to feel like I built something. And then it's also been extremely illuminating on like, who am I? How do I operate? And like, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Wow, it's like a self-discovery. Yeah, thing. definitely. Like when you're stressed and tired, like a boot camp. Yeah, you learn how hard you can be on yourself, or mm. how I don't know what your values up. and priorities. Yeah. Are. Oh, yeah, the values and priorities. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. Now's a part of our podcast where we talk about some <laughs> frequently asked questions. Yeah. Wendy, what's the one thing you're really proud that you did before you turned thirty? It definitely is the case that this business is one of the biggest decisions that's defined what has happened in my life. And so I am really proud I took the step because I'm actually shocked, like, knowing how risk averse I am. And so I'm shocked that (laughs) I was willing to be like, let's introduce financial insecurity and like personal insecurity being the face of the brand and like go through all that crap. So I am proud that I, I gave this a go. Amazing. But maybe this is the true you. <laughs> this is the this is the real the you underneath you. the layers. You know? I found myself. I feel like there's there's this like idea of who you should be and who you really are, and maybe this true, is who true. you really are. Question number two: What's one thing you would recommend everyone try or do before they turn thirty? Okay, my answer is that they should definitely try to pick up a hobby that they love, and it's because. I think hobbies are often the things that kind of cross over into becoming a side business. So it's an easy Mm -hmm. way to self-discover and explore like what kinds of side businesses you might be interested in if you want to do a side business. But hobby, and like I mean hobby so broadly, I think it's Mm -hmm. good to explore and be open-minded because it just helps you have playtime. It like spurs up your creativity and honestly a good hobby like truly does spark joy and it's very rewarding to see yourself grow in it very true something you'd like to say to your 40 year old self (laughs) okay literally when i read this question the very first thing that came to my mind was that song i was like everything i do i do it for you (laughs) (laughs) i constantly am just like oh man i'm very like Every time I don't want to do something, I'm very like, this is for you, future Wendy. Ugh. <laughs> and I like, go do the thing. Everything I'll say to my 40-year-old self is, I did it all for you. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Enjoy so the fruits of my labor. Well, Wendy, that has been a very insightful and super delightful conversation. Aww. I want to give you a chance to plug your YouTube channel, but also your very new venture of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I've like finally delved into podcasting and I'm having a good time. But my YouTube Yay. channel is with Wendy. If you want to see if sewing or watching someone sew is for you. And then my new podcast is called Fortune Cookie with Wendy. And um, it's called Fortune Cookie because it's just like, actually, it kind of reminds me of your blurb thing, but it's like I crack open a fortune cookie there's an ism, sometimes they're a bit like cliche, but through that I share like past stories and it's very much stuff I wish I had learned earlier and I had like the maturity to think about or process. It's like crap that I had to learn the hard way type of thing, 
But because I am a person who values introspection a lot, I find mm. I'm using my podcast to try to like encourage people to also introspect. If you uh, <laughs> want to spend time just like in your feelings a little bit and relaxing, then I think Fortune Cookie will be a nice little anecdotal podcast for you. Amazing. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for this thank chat. You, it's been so interesting and it's been such good flowy conversation and so happy to kind of hear your journey and, you know, like I guess the hard parts about mm-hmm. it too. So this has actually wrapped up the last of the topics of season two. Can't believe we have done 11 full episodes of different content, which is like super exciting, which means the next time you'll hear from us, it will be the retro episode to wrap up this season thank you again for listening and if you enjoyed this episode make sure you like and rate us on apple itunes and share this with your friends and we'll chat to you guys in two weeks time thank you everybody Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.